You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome down to the Sox in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you are listening to yet another White Sox simulated game using MLB The Show 20 from Sox in the Basement and SoxInTheBasement.com. Brought to you proudly by Cork and Carey at the park. Remember, they are over at 33rd in Princeton, and they can't open the doors right now. But when we get back to normal, they will have them wide open and will be waiting for you. And until then, you can still order off the incredible menu all you got to do is go to corkandcarryatthepark.com. They do it through Grubhub. If you have the app, you can use that as well. Incredible food, hot wings, award-winning burgers, dogs, wraps, you name it, they have it. Incredible appetizers. They got the pulled pork nachos. I mean, if you can't get to the ballpark and have that style of food that makes your mouth water when you walk in there, you can get it from Cork and Carry at the Park. Sit back, pour a beer. And listen to a White Sox simulated baseball game as we give you that in about 90 minutes or so, sometimes a little more, a little less. The White Sox having some trouble after winning six out of seven at home. They go on the road against the Angels and have dropped the first two in this four-game set. And last night's loss has to be the most heartbreaking loss of the season so far as the White Sox are two hit by Shohei Otani. And with one out in the bottom of the ninth inning, Otani gets chased because he hits Leary Garcia, and Yasmani Grandal comes up and two pitches into the at-bat, hits a two-run home run to tie the game. Moncada hits the go-ahead home run two batters later with two outs in the inning. And then Alex Colome gave it all up very quickly in the bottom of the ninth, and the Angels walked off. Joe Binder from Sox on 35th will join us again as he has been all weekend long. We're going to talk about the pitching staff and the bullpen specifically and what happens when Michael Kopech comes up in this simulation. That's all ahead. Let's get out to Anaheim right now where Dylan Cease goes up against Andrew Heaney. Game three, Sox, Angels, next. Welcome to Anaheim, California. And if you'd have told me we would have gone out to Cali and gotten weather like this, I would have laughed in your face. It is raining. And they're going to try to fit this game in here on a Saturday night in Southern California as the White Sox take on the Angels, already trailing 2-0 in his four-game road set. And Andrew Heaney comes out the left. He's got five starts, 3-0, 3.78 earned run average, 33 and a third innings, in which he's given up 28 hits and eight walks for a 1.08 whip and 33 strikeouts. So he has been brutal when it comes to coming out and shutting down offensive weapons like Tim Anderson, who's hitting 337 and will stand in and try to break Heaney as he has broken so many lineups earlier on this season. Seven-game win streak for the Angels of Anaheim. They are 20-6 and six with the best record in the American League and the best record in the majors. And they look really, really good this year. First pitch taken as a ball outside. Next one flared up the middle. Diving play rolls away at short. And on with an infield hit is Tim Anderson. Overcast, dark gray skies, and a steady downpour coming down here as we're playing in it. Although I don't know how many innings we're going to get in. Yasmani Grandal's got eight home runs and a 247 average with 22 RBIs and has been heating up 
I think that's the only way I can say it. Heating up over the last week after a very long slump. Had him below 200 just a week ago. A lot of home runs in the last few games, including last night with a big two-run bomb that tied that game in the ninth inning. After the White Sox had only been able to accomplish two hits through eight and a third. Throw over to first base, Anderson back. As Grandal awaits the first pitch from the lefty. Going to be hard for Anderson to go in the rain and the slop with a lefty pitcher. The pitch on the way, inside misses on a changeup, 1-0 the count. Grandal actually has 22 RBIs to lead the White Sox with the most runs batted in on this team. So even with the slump, he has gotten the hits when they matter, including two big RBIs last night. Inside sinker misses 2-0 the count with Anderson taking a pretty good lead at first. But like I said, he's got to take off in mud. And it might not be the wisest thing to try to win it on the base paths today. Outside changeup misses 3-0 with Abreu on deck. Pretty steady coming down here in Anaheim. They're trying to get this game in on a Saturday. Sox, I bet, wouldn't mind the day off. They've been going in for over three straight weeks without a break. They get their first one on Monday. As this one's inside taken for a strike, 3-1. and one. And the Angels beat them up on Thursday and broke their hearts last night. Team's got to shake it off. Ricky Renteria saying before the game, you win some of those, you lose some of those. He still has faith in Alex Colome as a changeup is swung on and missed on the outside corner. And the count goes full to Grandal, batting from the right side tonight against a lefty. He did his damage from the left side last night. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Swung on and missed on a changeup that was low. Would have been ball four. So he comes back from the 3-0 count to strike out Grandal for the first out. And Heaney will face Jose Abreu next. As I crack open a 32-ounce old ale by the name of the opening bell from Open Outcry Brewing on Western Avenue. An inside curveball comes in for a strike to Abreu. He's hitting 292 with seven home runs and 18 RBIs, an OPS of 919. I just want to say thank you very much for them sending this over to me. It's 9.5%, and I intend to drink the whole thing during this game. So I can't wait until the later innings, and I'm sure you can't either. Low sinker misses 1-1 one one the count. Over the last six games, Abreu has six RBIs and a couple of extra base hits, including a few doubles and several home runs. Anderson leads at first, one and one count, one out. The pitch to Abreu swung on and missed on a sinker, tailing away. Right now, Heaney's got some movement that's making White Sox hitters chase outside of the zone. The one-two pitch misses on a curveball, two and two the count. His curveball is not 12 to six, kind of comes in sideways. Starts up because he's a lefty, high, and then comes across the plate. This one's grounded on the third baseline, gonna be a tough play. They get the fourth at second and come back over to first. Anthony Rendon was a magician on that one. He catches it and goes out of play and still gets Anderson by a hair, and that's bang, bang at second. And they turn the double play. Going into the bottom of the first, no score, and Dylan Cease takes the mound with five starts, a two and one record. 4.13 earned run average over 28 in the third innings. 29 hits and 11 walks. It's a 1.41 whip and strikeouts of 28 in total. Cease, the big righty, has had a pretty good outing in two of his last three starts and is starting to put things together. Has worked very well with Grandal. 
who he's working with today. He's worked very fast. I don't know if they're going to keep that up in the rain here. It's an extra distraction as the 16-11 and 11 White Sox are still second in the AL Central. One of the better offenses in baseball and a high-end pitching staff in several categories. But as Anderton Simmons steps in and hitting 315 with an 0-1 count, they do not compare to what the Angels have been putting up early on this season. If there is an April juggernaut, it is this Los Angeles Angels team of Anaheim. The 0-2 pitch now. Swung on and missed in the dirt. It's going to be a drop third strike. Rondell comes out in front of the plate to get it and then tosses it down the line into the outfield. Cut off by angle. So he struck out and then an error by Grandal on the drop third strike. And the leadoff runner is on. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't know what it is about drop third strikes and Yasmani Grandal, but that is the second error this year where he has had a drop third and thrown it out into right field. I don't know if that's a glitch or if that's something to say about his, his defense on those plays. But the 262 hitting David Fletcher comes up now, the second baseman, with a runner on. Instead of one out, there are none. And Cease now has to get over a mistake from his catcher. That's like when your best girl cheats on you. Ground ball to short, flip over to second, Mendick over to first. Six, four, three. The double play. And there's two outs now with Rendon coming up, hitting 289 here in the bottom of the first inning. With a righty on the mound, Trout drops back to the four spot. Rendon moves up to the third, a flip-flop, depending on if there's a lefty or a righty. They're both such good hitters, I think they're just splitting hairs. The White Sox today are wearing baby blue, old-school, early 70s road uniforms. Going with a retro look after losing two straight. They kind of loosen the team up, I believe. And a 1-1 pitch here on the road in the rain. Swung on and missed. One and two, he tried to check it up. So quickly, Rendon, or Rendon, is one and two. Cease, working quickly. Inside pitch fouled off. He's going right back at it, trying to quicken the pace. Swung on and missed on a slider, tailing away. Rendon goes down swinging, and the inning is over. After one, no score. Leading off the second inning will be Yohan Mankata hitting 355. Can you believe he was 0 for 15 to start off the season? And then when they moved him from the two spot to the three spot, he started leading the team in batting average. He has settled in nicely to that role. He takes a low inside curveball, 1-0 the count. Took the night off on Thursday. Played well last night. Had the home run that took the lead in the top of the ninth inning, but it was all for naught. And a changeup outside is taken for a strike. One and one the count from Heaney. The next offering, outside misses on a sinker. Two and one the count. Earlier tonight, Indians played the Yankees. That game is now final on the East Coast. Indians win that one five to three in New York. Swung on and chopped the first. Sliding play by Pujols over to first where Heaney covers and beats Moncada to the bag. And there's one gone in the five-hitter, Aloy Jimenez. He of the 256 batting average, but the OPS over 1,000. The biggest power threat right now in the lineup by the numbers. Takes an outside curveball for a strike, 0-1 the count. Detroit beats San Diego in Detroit, 8-4. Chopped down the third baseline foul. Rendon is guarding the third baseline. Swung on and missed on an inside curveball at the knees. 
He got tied up and swung at a bad pitch. Second strikeout from Heaney. By the way, the Red Sox beat Minnesota tonight. Be nice to get a win here. Gain a little ground. 3-2 final in Minnesota as this one skied out down the right field line. Underneath it, it's a can of corn and the out is recorded. So Encarnacion takes the first pitch and flies out. 1-2-3 go the White Sox. Going to the bottom of the second, no score. We've had two very different games here in Anaheim. The scoring fest that was game one, in which a really bad inning allowed the Angels to blow out the White Sox. And then the very, very close contest last night with the excitement in the final inning. It did not come out our way. Mike Trout stands in hitting 371. But the White Sox have done pretty well against him so far in this series. His average has actually gone down. And Dylan Cease just misses. The 1-0 pitch grounded to short. The shift was on, so Mendick actually fields it as it's closer to second base. And over to first to Abreu. One out here in the bottom of the second inning, and Tommy LaStella comes up. The lefty hitting 326. High averages in this number one offense in all of baseball. And inside curveball brushes him off the plate. He has 24 RBIs, tying him for fifth in the American League right now. And the 1-out, 1-0 pitch from Cease on the way. Outside slider misses 2-0. Rain continues to come down. A bleak evening. Sacks are all in their long sleeves underneath these jerseys. Except for Grandal. He seems to not care. The 2-0 pitch on the way, grounded down the third base line, in and out of the dugout of the Angels. 2-1 the count. Next one's fouled straight back on a 97-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball from Cease. High in the zone. Just missed it. The 2-2 pitch. This one is skied out down the first base line, tailing towards the right field pole underneath it. Adam Engel's going to get it. About 10 feet away from the pole in fair territory. Back towards the track, but not on it. There's two outs in the bottom of the second inning. And Justin Upton comes up. With a 17-game hitting streak, hitting over 400, 26 RBI on the season, seven home runs, is at 411 to be exact. And Cease, with his 17th pitch here with two outs in the bottom of the second inning, throws it right down the middle, challenging Upton with a 98-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball. 0-1 the count. We get the Rockies next. They're playing back and forth with Milwaukee tonight. So far, they've split a four-game series. It's been going on out in Colorado. That one misses one and one the count. The next offering from Cease. Jam shot, but deep into right center field. Angles underneath it. He'll make the catch. And there are three outs already in the bottom of the second. No score through two in SoCal. Luis Robert leads us off in the top of the third. As Luis Robert steps up to the plate, we are going to talk to our family waterproofing solution guest of the game. And once again, Joe Binder is back on the line from Sox on 35th. And Joe, last night, a difficult finish for the White Sox. But one thing that has stood out with the exception of last night's performance by Alex Colome is overall, the bullpen has been very, very solid as we've been going on early in this season. Now, the one difference is during the simulation is that first pitch is outside 1-0 to Robert. During the simulation, I have to set the lineups due to substitutions and do the pitching. I'm not actually throwing the pitches, but I'm deciding who comes in and when, so I manage like I would normally manage. 
just handing it over. One inning here, one inning here. A guy comes in for like the last batter of the inning. Whatever I need to do. Am I over-strategizing because Ricky Renteria tends not to do that? Or is this what Ricky's going to do now that the rebuild is over? What are your thoughts as you see what's going on right now in these White Sox simulated games as Luis Roberts strikes out on a check swing inside and there's the first out of the third inning? Joe? I think what we're seeing in the simulation is more realistic of what we'll see from Ricky. I think Ricky can't see what he's done in the past where he keeps the leash going too long and you see a reliever give up two or three runs in a game. Um, he's got a limit to damage. And this year and moving forward throughout the years of contention, we're going to see more arms who can prove to be beneficial arms to this bullpen and not just those guys from AAA who you call up for a day or two. But um, these are big relievers who can shut down a team and if you manage them wisely like what we've seen in the simulation for the most part you can shut down teams late in the game and the White Sox can have one of the best bullpens as long as it's managed correctly and um, I think Ricky will do that more and hopefully we'll see that more whether it's this year whether we get baseball or next year and beyond from there. As Adam Ingle swings and misses on his second pitch first one was inside for a ball one and one from Andrew Heaney. Ingle is 0 for 7 lifetime against Heaney with four strikeouts. But he's been doing well against lefties, hitting 400 so far on the season in his limited platoon action. And he's 3-1 and one now after two quick pitches. Miss outside with Danny Mendick on deck. I got another question for you, Joe, before I let you go. Let's see what happens here with Adam Engel. With one out in the top of the third inning, the pitch. Inside misses on a sinker. Engel goes down the first base. So the Sox have a runner on with one out in the top of the third with Mendick coming up, the nine-hitter playing second base so let's talk about the starters and the inevitable promotion of Michael Kopech we're talking about the idea of bringing him up sometime in early to mid-May because I think that's what the Sox would have done to manipulate a little bit of service time I know he got a full year last year but he only got about six weeks in 2018 so if you can wait a little over six weeks you get another year of control and I think in my in my skepticism you know I, I, w- I think the White Sox would have done that especially with how they were set up here to start off the year. 1-0 pitch now to Mendick to strike a changeup on the inside corner with Engel leading off of first base. So when Kopech comes up, who do you dump? Because Reynaldo Lopez has been incredible so far. Cease is starting to come around. And Gio Gonzalez has been shaky now recently, and it would be nice to add a left-hander. What do you think, Joe? That's a great question. I mean... When I was looking at this during the offseason when the White Sox were making moves, I had Renato Lopez and Gio Gonzalez as the two that I would consider going to the bullpen just for those long release innings and just spot starts here and there. But, I mean, right now it's so tough because I really did not expect it from Renato Lopez in the simulation especially. So, As a sharp ground ball over to third base, Rendon turns another impossible double play. Five to four to three to end the inning. And I want to thank Joe Binder from Sox on 35th for joining us as we were concluding there talking about who we're going to put in the bullpen when Kopech comes up or whether or not we even put Kopech into the bullpen. I'm going to tell you, I'm personally right now leaning towards Gio Gonzalez going into the bullpen as a long reliever to add an extra lefty, even even though that will mean only one left-handed starter in the rotation. I like the versatility, and Jace Fry is really not a full-inning kind of pitcher from the left side. And so I'm leaning towards that right now, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, and we talk to people every Wednesday during the regular Socks in the Basement 
show, and we've been doing it live at 10 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. This one's shot over to first base, an unassisted three ground out to lead off the inning, and Cease has one out, and Jason Castro comes up the eight hitter and catcher for the Angels now with one out here in the bottom of the third inning. So it'll be interesting. Make sure you check out the weekly show that we do at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, myself and Dave. We do it live on the Podbean app, and then if it's good, I didn't do it this week because I was by myself. Dave couldn't jump in. So if, it, if it's good, we'll, we'll make it on demand as well. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. 2-0 pitch now to Castro. Swung on and chopped down the third base line. 2-1 is the count. And don't forget, Joe Binder is the founder of Sox on 35th, the world-famous White Sox blog, and they're doing post-game stats, showing you the box scores, showing you the team stats. They're covering every game of this simulated season just like they would cover a regular season with analysis and everything like that. We're really appreciative of that. And Joe will be back tomorrow to talk a little bit about the real world of Major League Baseball and whether or not we're actually going to have a season this year as it continues the rain in Anaheim. And there's a 3-2 count with one out on Jason Castro who hit a home run on Thursday night for the Angels as part of the onslaught when they won 12-4 against the White Sox. And he walks in an outside pitch from Cease who grimaces but knows he missed the strike zone. So there's a runner on with one out in the bottom of the third and Albert Pujols hitting 270 in the ninth spot. Can you even imagine saying that out loud five years ago? Ten years ago. Holy cow. Anyway, Pujols in the ninth spot. Cease on 28 pitches here with one out in the bottom of the third. And Castro on first base is not a threat to go. And in the rain, the first pitch misses on the outside corner. Next one catches the inside corner for Seamer. 101 the count to Pujols. No score, bottom of the third. We've already talked to Joe Binder from Saxon 35th. He was our third inning guest, as that's a four-seam fastball for a strike. Brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You're going to hear more about them in moments. Remember, they have Sox in the basement deals for you as a slider strikes out Albert Pujols, and he is angry at the umpire. He waves the bat at the umpire, yelling that that was not a strike, but that was a strike. It was below the letters, it was a perfect slider. It dove back into the zone, and he's just frustrated with himself and taking it out on whoever's near him. Two outs now as Simmons in the top of the order come around with a runner on first. And a circle change catches the upper outside portion of the strike zone. Family Waterproofing Solution is veteran-owned, female-owned. A portion of the proceeds go to veteran organizations and first responders, to family business, very safe, online estimates, and socks in the basement deals. All the other details coming up here after the White Sox can record this third out of the inning as Simmons lifts one down the third base line, tailing foul into the stands about three, four sections before the foul pole. An 0-2 count now on him. Castro leads off a first. The pitch just misses from Cease on a slider outside, one and two the count. The rain continues to fall, very steady. Inside curveball just misses, close pitch. Two and two, Cease wanted it, and so did Grandal. Working quickly, though, Cease back into the wind. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer coming up. Grandal points to his pitcher and rolls that ball out there, skipping back to the dugout. Both pitchers feeling it early, no score through three. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria. 
making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations to support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. Top of the fourth inning, top of the order for the White Sox. Tim Anderson's one for one with a single in the first inning. And he will lead off the top of the fourth inning as Andrew Heaney pitches number 36 out of his hands. And his 36th pitch goes for a ball, 1-0 the count. Anderson's 5-for-10 lifetime against Heaney with a home run. So he has seen him well, though it's hard to see in this downpour. And a high four-seamer misses up at eye level, 2-0. Next offering catches the inside corner, according to our home plate umpire. 2-1 the count. Heaney working quickly, back into the line immediately, and this one's grounded to second. Quickly over to first for the 4-3 putout. You know, Cease is working quick, but Heaney's working even faster. It's as if both these pitchers are like, I'm feeling it, and it's raining, and I want to get through the inning, and I want to get back into the dugout. On a wet, wet night here in Anaheim. Change up low misses, 1-0 the count. Now, I used to live in Southern California as Grandal steps in. And swings and misses at a sinker low and inside. That's what he struck out on in his first at bat. That exact same pitch. And I would head down to Anaheim for ball games. Disneyland. Another one. Swung on and missed a curveball in the same spot. Low and inside. He's swinging at it, but he can't catch up to it. The 1-2 pitch. In the dirt, but in the same area. As Heaney's decided, Grandal cannot hit the low inside pitch no matter what he throws. He's throwing a change up there and a curveball and... Whatever that last pitch was, this time he goes outside and low on a sinker and it's fouled off. But he's probably just setting him up. The 2-2 pitch is on the way. He goes back inside, but not enough. And Grandal rolls that one out in the left field for a base hit. He went low again. He went inside, but he didn't get it over as far as the other pitches. And Yasmani was able to put that out to left. In between Simmons and Rendon. At short and third, there's a runner on with one out in the top of the fourth inning. And Abreu's 0 for 1 and immediately connects with one and sends it out to center field. Trout camps underneath it and will make the play. Ball comes in quickly as Grandal retreats back to first base. One pitch, one out for Abreu. And Yohan Mancada's 0 for 1 and comes up with two outs and a runner on first. Yes, the girl at the time that I was dating living in Southern California loved Disneyland. To be honest with you, she still does. That's why we have a bathroom now that we're married with three kids that has all kinds of Disneyland paintings that I used to buy out there for her. Little still frames of cartoons and such that I was like, I paid enough for these. They're going somewhere, so they're in the kids' bathroom. Good time when I lived out there, though. This one's looped out into right field. It will drop in for a base hit. Grandal will hold it second as Moncada gets a hit. And the White Sox have put two hits together in the same inning for the first time. They've had base runners in all but one inning so far, but now they have two with two outs. And Aloy Jimenez comes up against Heaney, who struck him out on three pitches last time and made him look silly on that last one. 
The lefty checks the runner at second and throws a curveball on the outer half of the plate. Waist high for strike one. Jimenez is only one for nine in this series. Came in red hot, but the Angels have been on top of him so far. Next pitch misses a sinker low and outside. One and one the count. Good-sized crowd for a rainy night. There's a big party going on behind the plate. As this one is sent deep back into right center field. Trout back to the wall. He looks up. That is gone. Aloy Jimenez hits one out 401 feet. Just to the right of dead center field. Out of here at 105 miles per hour even for a three-run home run in the rain. Mike Trout got back quick and then just ran out of room and it lands in the tree line they have just to the right if you're standing at the plate looking to the outfield of the mountain or volcano, whatever that is, that's in the batter's eye. Actually, it looks like it hit the first seat to the right of the tree line. So he actually hit a seat out there. A beautifully hit hard hit ball. The White Sox are up three to nothing with two outs in the top of the fourth. So they had a runner on. They got down the two outs, a two out single to right by Moncada. And Jimenez, with only a second hit of the series, it's a three-run home run, and we're up 3-0. Encarnacion, it only took him one pitch to fly out the last time up. He's seen two so far, and he's 1-1 one one after he fouls off that offering. Heaney works so quickly, it's hard to keep up with him as the sinker goes below the knees. 2-1. and one. He's got 54 pitches now with two outs in the top of the fourth. Was rock solid. But now, has run into some difficulty. At least in this inning, inside four, Seamer misses three and one with Robert on deck, hitting only 182 and 160 against lefties. He's actually worse against lefties. But as Renteria said, he's young and he's got to hit everybody, and we're not about to start platooning him at this point. Rifled out in the right field for a base hit, and Carnacion drops it out there on two bounces. It's covered up and sent in the second. A single for Encarnacion and a duck snort. And the White Sox are now hitting three straight hits, including a three-run home run off of Heaney. Next offering a curveball, high but for a strike to Robert. And he looks at his bat like, bat, why didn't I swing you? That was beautiful. I could have taken that one out. He has one home run on the season. He did it opening weekend. So it's been a while as he continues to try to figure out Major League pitching. A low curveball misses one and one the count. Yesterday when we talked to Joe Binder from Sox on 35th, I asked him, I said, the Mandrigal and the Robert numbers, are you surprised by that? Are they being sold short? He said, no. This is what it's like when you first come up. They should improve. But anybody who thought that Luis Robert was going to come up and just light the world on fire, that's a rarity. There are great prospects that come up and don't do that. And you know what? I'm going to point to Vlad Guerrero and even Aloy Jimenez at the beginning when they first came up. Yoan Mancada had a rough time when he came up. Look what they're doing now. This one's grounded out to Rendon. He flips over for the fourth at second. The inning is over, but not before. Aloy Jimenez with the big stroke out into the swirling winds and rain here in center field. Three to nothing, White Sox. Going into the bottom of the fourth, David Fletcher is 0 for 1 with a ground out in the first inning, hitting 259 in that two spot normally and regularly for the Angels and cease wasting no time, the righty. Throws a four-seamer a little high for a ball, 1-0 the count. That was his 39th pitch here, leading off his fourth inning. 
Rain is starting to let up a little, but it's still coming down. Slowing, but it's still really dark out there, so this could just be a quick respite. A one-and-one one count now. As that one's fouled off, the next offering just misses low. Borderline call at the knees. Two and one. This nine and a half percent old English ale is going down nicely. I can't wait to make up new words later on in this game. As this one's popped up to second base, Mendick backs up into the grass underneath it, makes the play. Mendick's at second today. Encarnacion's at first. I probably have called it uh, Brayu once or twice. I always forget who's over there. Encarnacion's at first, Abreu's DHing. Anderson's at short, Moncada's at third, Grandal behind the plate, that's a strike from Cease the pitcher, to Anthony Rendon. Jimenez is in left, Engel's in right, Roberts in center. Engel has been getting the start every time there's a lefty pitcher, he might be getting the start all the time now. Nomar Mazzara has been brutal, not only offensively, doing nothing at the plate, but he is committing really bad errors, including one last night that contributed to the White Sox blowing it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Rendon swings and misses at strike three, tailing way outside. Cease sets him down quickly, his fifth strikeout of the game. He's got two outs in the fourth and is looking sharp. And up comes the number four hitter in the lineup, Mike Trout. His second attempt against Cease. He's 0 for 1 as Dillon sits on pitch number 45 and delivers. Outside four, Seamer misses 1-0 the count. The Asterix brought extra trash cans today as they beat the A's 14-13 in Houston. And the Rangers beat Seattle 5-4. They put together a few wins in a row now after having that big slide that we were a part of as we beat them up 3-4 out of four last weekend. The 1-1 pitch to Trout swung on and missed on a four-seamer in the outer portion of the plate. He's 1-2 now. Dylan would like to go right after him for a very efficient fourth inning. He delivers. Outside slider, Trout does not bite. And a pitch tailing away, 2-2 two two now the count. Quickly, cease into the wind, in the dirt. 3-2 to count goes full. Cease touches his nose and signals something to Grandal. A little bit of talk between the two of them, almost in sign language. And a delay from Cease before he comes at Mike Trout with the full count. Here he goes. Set out in the left field. It will drop in. You can cancel the post-game show. The first hit for the Angels. Now coming in the second is Trout. The throw from Jimenez. And he buries him with a great put out from left field. Mike Trout challenged Aloy Jimenez. That's about the fourth time he has thrown out a guy trying to get in the second base against him. Somebody changed the scouting report. Aloy Jimenez is not to be run on. It goes as a single, which ruins the no-hitter. I mean, I'm not saying he had one. I mean, he had one with two outs in the fourth. But Trout is out trying to stretch a single into a double at second base. And we're in the top of the fifth inning with the White Sox leading 3 to nothing. And Andrew Heaney sitting on 60 pitches goes after Adam Engel with the 400 average who walked the first time up and he immediately sends one to second base off the glove of a diving David Fletcher. He keeps it in the infield, but Engel too fast and gets the first base safe on an infield hit. It looked like it was just going to be a, a single. Fletcher did everything he could just to get his glove on it. Did an excellent job to keep that in play in the infield, but could not recover quick enough to get Engel at first base. First pitch to Danny Mendick, the second baseman, batting ninth, high and inside for ball one as Engel leads off the next offering. Low and in the dirt, swung on by Mendick, 
gets away. Engle running the second. He's safe under the tag. He saw that ball get away. It's going to be a wild pitch by Heaney. And Engle advances 90 feet to second. So Mendix up. He's one and one. And Engle now has made it to second base. Heaney checks the runner. Mendix squares the bunt and pulls back on a changeup outside. So now Mendick trying to advance Angle with the bunt. He had to pull back. Let's see if he does it again. The 2-1 pitch as they check second. Here comes the bunt. He pulls back again on a sinker, 3-1. Heaney going for the quick pitch right away to try to stop Mendick from figuring out what he wants to do. Let's see what he does here. Outside, he walked him. Mendick will take his base. So now no outs in the top of the fifth with Anderson coming up. He's one for two. Mendick and Angle are at first and second. Let's see what they end up doing here. And they're going to replace the pitcher. Joe Mannon's done. He brings in Julio Tehran. We saw him on Thursday, seven games with a 2-0 record. He had a three-inning save the other night against the White Sox, 14 and a third innings, 3.77 earned run average. Lefty's hitting 207 against him, but righty's hitting 357. And there's a righty in there right now in Tim Anderson. He's got a single. He's one of your better hitters, but Sox may try to advance the runners like they did with Mendick. We'll see what they end up doing. As now there's a right-handed pitcher in instead of a lefty. Anderson squares the bunt. He's going to lay this one down perfectly to Rendon. They're going to go over to second. And they're going to get the force. But Anderson's safe at first. So Mendick's out at second base. Rendon chooses to go to second. It was a close play at second. Anderson easily in at first. So first and third now with one out. T.A. on second. In the slop in the rain, I don't know if he's going to try to steal. And Yasmani Grandal moves over to the left side where he's had several home runs this week. And the first pitch inside slider taken for a ball from Tehran. So there's one out on the top of the fifth. Sacks lead three to nothing. They advanced over Engel. He stands on third base. Grandal's job now is to hit one deep. Or a base hit. And Anderson can easily go first to third and score Engel. Throw over to first. They're trying to see if Anderson's going to try to get to second and put more pressure on. Again, though, the rain has been coming down. It started to let up, but it has not let up all the way. And the field is a mess. Grandal fouls off a four-seamer down the line, one and one the count. The pitch. Low, taken for a strike at the knees on a borderline call. Grandal is looking at the ump like, I didn't get that all the time with my guy. But it's one and two now. A pitcher's count for Tehran. Former starter for the Braves, now in the long relief role for the Angels. Joe Madden likes bringing him in early. Outside four-seamer, two and two. Like he brought him in for three innings on Thursday. He's back here with one out in the fifth, and actually no outs in the fifth he came in. Four-seamer fouled off as Grandal protects. Two and two, the count is even. Anderson leads at first. He'll stay there. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer up and in, in the zone. Grandal can't get it. That's a K, and there's two outs, and Abreu's going to have to get it done. Now it's try to get a base hit. And Jose has had a rough night at the plate, 0 for 2. He's had several home runs in this series. Was shut down yesterday, though, and is shut down so far today. Thursday, though, he had two home runs solo shots. And if I'm not mistaken, he had a base hit in there as well. He was the only guy, really, just consistently doing well on Thursday night for the White Sox. Inside pitch misses, 1-0. Next offering on the way misses as well, a two-seamer to pounding him inside. 2-0 count as they both miss. 0-4 last night with two strikeouts was Abreu. He's already got a strikeout in this game as well. Angle at third, Anderson at first, two outs, top of the fifth. 
High four-seam fastball misses. It's a hitter's count, 3-0, with Moncada on deck, who already has a base knock in this game. But I would give the green light right here to Abreu and let it fly with the 3-0 lead. He did not have the green light, or at least he decided to take as a four-seamer inside. Maybe he thought that was going to go for a ball. It was close. But it gets across, and it's 3-1 on the called strike. The rain continues to come down. Tehran looks in. The pitch. Hits the strike zone on the outside corner on a four-seamer. Abreu is yet to lift the bat off his shoulders. He's got a full count with two outs in the top of the fifth. Jose in the DH role tonight to give him a little bit of a rest. This one's cracked right at Rendon on a line-out. Hits him right in the chest. Hard hit ball to exactly the wrong place. Eh. Abreu looks at the sky and throws his helmet. Jose Abreu spent the middle of the fifth standing down at first base, staring off into the rain, just into the darkness with his helmet laying about 10 feet away from him until somebody showed up with his hat and his glove. He was frustrated there. Sox had a really good opportunity, two on with no outs and unable to get anybody across. Luckily, though, Aloy Jimenez hit a three-run home run earlier, and we lead 3 to nothing going into the bottom of the fifth. Tommy LaStella comes up 0-for-1 with a flyout in the second. Dylan sees 51 pitches. Through five innings, he's given up one hit and one walk. Has been working quickly and effectively in this game. And whereas Heaney was doing the same thing, Joe Madden's got so many options in the bullpen. He still manages like he's in the National League. Pitchers don't go long for him, unless it's like Shohei Otani last night, who had a two-hitter through eight and a third, but then look what happened. He put a guy on, he panicked, brought in the closer, and the White Sox not only tied it, but took the lead. And his offense bailed him out, though. The 1-0 pitch now to Lestella. Hits the outside corner, one and one. Joe Madden may be the luckiest manager in the world. I think he makes really good decisions. He's a good manager. I can't believe he's not on the north side anymore. They chase that guy out of there. You got to look at some other things. It's not just him. As that strike gets across, one and two the count. He's a heck of a manager, and if, you know, Ricky Renteria had had a few years with this team and not gotten results, I've been clamoring for him, but I kind of like the fact the White Sox was sticking with the guy that's been growing the team, at least for now. If he came out in his first season now when the rebuild's over and did poorly, though, I'd be calling for his head, I think, like the rest of you, and I think Ricky knows it. The 2-2 pitch. Misses on a curveball low, three and two the count with Upton on deck. Listella making Cease work, but he's working quickly. Fouls off a four-seamer, low and outside, but in the zone. Three and two, the count remains. Next one, high and inside and fought off. Foul back to the backstop. I mentioned earlier it's a party behind home plate. They have this home plate area. It's at field level or actually below levels. This one's skied up in the air. At third base, Mankata stands there, and there's one away on the pop-out to Yoan Mankata. And Justin Upton comes up, sitting on a 17-game hit streak. But he's 0-for-1 today with a flyout in the second, hitting 4-0-7. And Dylan Cease, with one out in the bottom of the fifth, would like to end that hit streak. High four-seamer misses, 1-0 the count. He has 12 doubles so far in the year, leading his team. And up towards the top in the majors. Swung on and missed on a high four-seamer. He actually went higher this time than the one that he took, but Upton is anxious. I think when you get in a big hit streak, you start thinking about the hit streak. And a smart pitcher will not give you anything to hit because you want that hit so badly. That one misses 2-1, and one, the next pitch on the way. 
Low and inside, a close curveball. Doesn't get the call three and one. And Cease takes the hat off, realizes it's raining, and puts it back on real quick. Standing out there dripping as Dylan Cease as the rain continues to come down steadily. A little bit lighter than at the beginning, but still steady. This one's cracked down the third baseline, hooking foul into the stands. The count goes full. With one out in the bottom of the fifth and a 3-0 lead for the White Sox. Next one is ripped way down the third baseline and also foul. Upton trying to pull one for the foul pole. And now he gets a hold of one deep out in the left field and he got what he wanted. That is a solo shot. Justin Upton is a video game right now. 394 feet. The first two in that last three pitches. He had a three-pitch sequence there at the end when it was three and two. The first one was low and curved foul near the pole. The second one was a towering shot that went past the pole but was foul. This one, he puts out in the left about a section and a half in fair territory to foul pole and watches it as he trots down the first base line. It's three to nothing White Sox as the Angels get on the board. He is the deadliest hitter in baseball right now. He's having quite the April as Brian Goodwin, the lefty, stands in. And Cease on 66 pitches with one out here in the bottom of the fifth throws a wicked curveball and a swinging strike. Owen won the count. We know when you're playing with the lead and a guy's that hot, you go, well, luckily I didn't have anybody on base and I'm still up by two. And I've been pitching well besides this, so now back to work. And hopefully Grandal will keep the young pitcher on track. Sets up inside in the zone and Cease put it right in the glove. Right on the inside corner of the plate for a taken fastball. 0-2 the count. He is still throwing very accurately. It's going right where the glove is set up. This one low, just below the knees. But they had the glove set up there. When you look at Grandal right now with Cease, he works him quick. He puts the target there. Cease goes right into the wind. And I would say 9 out of 10 times, he's hitting exactly where the glove is. He calls for a high pitch here. Let's see where it goes. This one did not get high enough. And it's ripped down the third baseline, but will hook foul. So similar to what happened with the home run, and those instances when he doesn't hit the glove, the Angels hitters are ready, so he's got to find that glove. Now he gets it exactly where Grandal called for it. He went for the same spot just out of the strike zone, high above the letters, and swinging underneath it is Goodwin for the sixth strikeout for Cease today. And two outs in the fifth inning. And another lefty, Jason Castro, steps in, hitting 286. And the moment he set himself, Cease throws a four-seamer just missing the outside corner. 72 pitches now for the righty with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. This is his most laborious inning and he's not thrown near 20 pitches yet. A high slider misses 2-0. and Yeah, they got him packed in there behind home plate. They got one of these things where like you stand below the field, your waist if you're standing is right at the ground level. It's like a little dugout area. It's like a party area back there. Man, they got him packed in there today. Didn't see that the first two nights. They're jammed in. 3-0 pitch on the way, taken for a strike on a four-seamer at the thigh area. Thigh area. Got to learn how to talk. It's this old English ale, baby. 9.5%. It ain't the first one I've had tonight. Four-seamer, high and tight, in the zone, 3-2. I have a 32-ounce growler that I'm chasing four beers before the 32-ounce growler arrived. It's Saturday. Got to enjoy quarantining. This one's flown out to Luis Robert. Underneath it, puts it away. Upton hits the homer, but Cease, deadly with everybody else so far. Into the rain, 
and into the lights it flew. But the White Sox still lead 3-1 after 5. Top of the sixth inning, Yuan Moncada comes up. One for two with a single and a run scored. Hitting well. There's no other way to say it. In his last five games, I'm sorry, in his last three games, three RBIs. Outside, that's the ball. Next pitch misses for a ball 2-0. and Julio Tehran continues the pitch here for the Angels. Joe Mann's got a great system. If a guy's not doing well early, I bring in one of my two regular starting pitchers. They can come in as long relievers, and I have two starters or three starters every game. Mankata rips one to short, and it's grabbed right out of the air on a line-out. And there's one out in the sixth. Aloy Jimenez comes up. They're showing the replay here on the scoreboard. He tagged that home run way out in the center field, just to the right of the deepest part of the stadium. The wind at that time blowing, I, I guess you call it out, because... It's a diamond form in the outfield out there, right? So it was running parallel to the wall towards center field. So I guess you would say the wind was actually blowing to left field as he hit that one to right center. He's 1-1 one and one now after a quick ball outside and a foul. The next offering is high taken on a four-seamer, 91 miles an hour. 2-1 and one the count to Jimenez. Tehran winds. Delivers a curveball in the outside corner and misses 3-1 the count. Encarnacion stands on deck. He's got a single so far in this game. The 3-1 pitch on the way. Misses and Jimenez is on first. Edwin Encarnacion comes up with one out in the top of the sixth inning. And Jimenez on first base. Takes a ball inside. 1-0 the count. Remember this Socks in the Basement simulated season and every episode of Socks in the Basement is brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park as a low slider misses 2-0 the count. 33rd in Princeton. One day we'll be back. I don't know if we're going to be wearing like blinders made out of plexiglass on either side of our faces when we're in bars and restaurants like a horse at a racetrack. But at some point it's going to open up. It has to. And they will be there with open arms and really good food. And they still have that food available to you right now. Support a local business. Use Grubhub or go direct to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. It is 3-1 now to Encarnacion after he fouls one off and takes another one inside. Roberts on deck in the 7th spot in the lineup. Angle behind him. Outside four seamer misses. The count goes full with Jimenez on first base. Full count. Jimenez goes into motion. Swung on and chopped foul down the third base line. I think the White Sox put a hit and run on there. Encarnacion got his bat on the ball, but it wasn't straight. Now they're paying attention to Jimenez. They go to the plate. This one's fouled off. Jimenez stayed home there. He did not run. Count remains full. Next pitch ripped deep down the third baseline, curving just foul. On a line shot into the crowd. Next one's fouled off deep down the first baseline, and Encarnacion all over Tehran but can't straighten it out. Now he hits one way back down the third baseline and it hooks just foul. Would have been gone. Edwin takes ball four because Tehran's like, I can't give him anything close. He threw that one so far out of the strike zone. He was like, fine, big man, take first base. Edwin Encarnacion did everything except get it out in fair territory. Two of those would have been home runs in that sequence. 
and were just foul down the line. One down the first baseline, one down the third baseline. That line shot landed in the crowd way back there. As Luis Robert comes up with one out in the top of the sixth, and the righty against the righty Tehran takes a ball slider low below the knees, 1-0. And, and Madden now has stepped up on the top step. He is very anxious. This guy loves the pull pitchers. He walked up there now. He's folded his arms, shaking his head. You know, this team's 20-6, and six, Joe. Why don't you calm down? Next pitch is outside for Seamer, 2-0. It's like Madden's determined to prove they should have never gotten rid of him on the north side. I agree with you. They shouldn't have. Next offering, inside pitch foul down the third baseline. Two and one count. Jimenez on second. Encarnacion on first. Robert with the pitch on the way. Fouls this one down the first baseline. Two and one. I'm sorry, check that. Two and two. It was two and one. Next offering. Swings and misses at a four-seamer. Tehran pumps his fist. That would have been a ball, too. He just reached for it. It feels like after so much success last year, Luis Robert is in his own head right now. And Ricky Renteria is going to have to work with that youngster. Adam Engel comes in. He's one for one. He came in because there was a lefty starter. Now he's got a righty pitcher. But even with his splits... I take him over Mazzara any day of the week and twice on Sunday. That guy's been brutal at the plate and really bad in the field. You got a lead, so he's staying in the game. The 0-1 pitch is fouled off, and quickly 0-2 is Adam Engel with two outs in the top of the sixth. Just like yesterday, and even in game one, the White Sox have put a lot of runners on base but have been unable to score them unless it's a home run. Chopped over to third, Rendon over to second. The fourth out, Tehran's out of the game. We're going to dive into the numbers of this series so far. And the White Sox leaving runners on base. Midway through the sixth, they lead, though, 3-1 to one in this one. It's dark. It's raining. The game is official. Let's call it, Ump. As Albert Pujols comes up, the nine-hitter, 0-for-1 with a strikeout in the third. Dylan Cease stands out there sapping wet on 77 pitches. Let's talk about the White Sox and how they have not been able to score runs in any other way except for a home run. They had multiple home runs on Thursday night. Two by Abreu, one by Garcia, one by Anderson. All four were solo shots. They had four runs total in that game. Last night, the White Sox had two hits against Shohei Otani until there was one out in the ninth. When after Garcia was hit by a pitch, Rondal hit a two-run home run, and Moncada hit a solo shot. Tonight, the only runs scored are off of a three-run home run by Aloy Jimenez. The White Sox, meanwhile, have put runners on base in more innings than they haven't in this series. That's true. Over all the innings in the series, more than half of them, the White Sox have had a runner on base. And in 40% of those innings, they've had a runner in scoring position. And in over 30%, they've had two guys on. So an 0-2 count to Pujols as he fouls a few off. An outside pitch misses, 1-2. and two. So here's the problem. The Angels have no problem putting you on base. But unless there's a home run, the White Sox have been unable to knock in a run in this series. And it's very against what they've been doing up to this point. This has not been a trend. Inside fastball gets him looking. Pujols goes down looking twice in this game. 
seventh strikeout for Cease. When he was a kid, and he was watching Albert Pujols while he was like 10 years old, if you would have told him you're going to play a game in Albert Pujols' home park and you're going to strike him out twice looking, Dylan Cease would have grinned ear to ear and kissed the closest girl to him. Consequences be damned. And Simmons comes up and immediately puts a single in the center field for a base hit that almost takes Cease's head off. Robert flips it into Mendick. There's a runner on first with one out in the bottom of the sixth. David Fletcher comes up 0 for 2 with a pop out and a ground out. A runner on first and Simmons. He's got a little bit of speed. Again, though, tough traction here in the mud. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed in an outside slider. Chasing it. Fletcher has scored 19 runs. He's touched home plate 19 times. He's tied for eighth in the American League with that stat right now. A slider gets across 0-2. Sees with 87 pitches, 57 of them strikes, 30 balls. He's been on point and looks to finish off the sixth inning strong. Chop the second, Mendick will try for two. Flips to Anderson across the first, dug out by Abreu. On a bang-bang play at first base, 4-6-3, double play White Sox, end of six. The Sox lead 3-1 behind Dylan Cease. And Dylan Bundy now comes in for the Angels. We saw him on Thursday as well. 12 games so far this season. He's 3-1. Danny Mendick's going to lead off. So this is the trend with Joe Madden. If I have a starter that gives up the lead or looks shaky in any way, I pull him early. I let Bundy and Tehran come in and pitch two, three innings each. He used them for three innings each. Andres started on Thursday, went three innings. Bundy went three innings. Tehran went three innings. Angels won 12-4, but at the time that he pulled the starting pitcher, Sox were all over. Last night, he gets Otani, goes eight and a third. His closer blows it for him when he jumps the gun. And the Angels' offense digs out their manager. As Mendick is 2-1 and one now after going 2-0 and, oh and swinging an inside curveball for a strike. And then tonight, quick hook again for the starter. Tehran comes in first, now Bundy. Now they're not going three because they're probably a little tired from the other night, but they're both going to see action on Thursday and Saturday in this series. The 3-1 pitch just hits the zone. Low and outside, 3-2. and two. The count is full with Anderson on deck. Again, the White Sox lead 3-1 here in the top of the seventh inning. Mendick's 0-for-1 in this game. He also walked. The pitch. High and inside, almost hit him on the shoulder. He gets out of the way, but it doesn't matter. That's ball four. So a runner on first right away here in the top of the seventh inning. Mendick's got good speed, and he could steal a base. Low and in the dirt, it gets away, but not enough. Mendick retreats back to first base as T.A. is 1-0. He's hitting three for 14 against Bundy lifetime. And man, Joe Mann is an anxious guy for a team that's got the best record in baseball. Has already taken two games, has a 20 and six record, and he's up at the top step again. This one driven into left field. It's gonna be a base hit. Mendix in the second base. The White Sox have the first two runners on, on a base hit by Tim Anderson. And Yasmani Grandal comes up with no outs here on the top of the seventh inning. Last time the Sox had two on, they bunted over the runner. It didn't work. This time, Grandal takes an inside pitch 1-0. Yasmani's been hot. You got your big hitters coming up. 
don't take the bat out of their hands. The bunting thing didn't even work. This team's got to find a way to get a run across without a home run. Although I would take another three-run bomb right now. You know, I wouldn't complain. That pitch hits the zone one and one as Bundy used to be a starter. Now is a long reliever. Mainly because in this simulation, Shohei Otani is healthy. The next pitch on the way. High outside four-seam fastball. I'm going to tell you, that's the one mistake here. It'd be like if I sat there and said Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech are ready right now. The White Sox would probably be 20 and 6 as well. Let's be honest. Trying to do this as, as straight up as we can, and hopefully you're enjoying it. The 2-1 pitch coming in from Grandal. An outside slider. 3-1 and one the count. Abreu on deck. A hitter's count. Mendick on second. Anderson on first. Bundy doesn't even check them and throws ball four low. And the bases are loaded with no outs here on the top of the seventh inning. And now, finally, let's get a run in without the home run. Unless, of course, you want to hit a grand slam, Jose Abreu. I'll take that. I'll walk out of here with that stat. We only scored off of home runs. Because the grand slam gives us seven. We're up three to one right now. Bundy's struggling. Madden going back to the well with Tehran and Bundy. Only one night in between the last time we saw them both. And this White Sox team saw these guys a lot two nights ago. Some of them are getting their third at bat against him. This one's grounded to Rendon. He's going to flip the second over to first. Another double play started by Anthony Rendon. But a run will score. And a runner will advance to third. So there are two outs as Mendick crosses the plate and Anderson's in at third base. On the double play, 5-4-3. Anthony Rendon has started four double plays over a third. And some of them have been at a high degree of difficulty. He hits. He plays great defense. And I love this guy up here, Yohan Moncada. I think he could be an MVP candidate. But I have been totally fine with him playing second base this year and Anthony Rendon at third. But the White Sox seem not to be interested as Moncada lifts one high in the right field. Can of corn. That's the third out. White Sox get the first three on scratch across one run. And midway through the seventh, lead by three, four to one. It'll be the middle of the lineup for the Angels against Dylan Cease here in the seventh, sitting on 88 pitches. The righty against the righty Red Don delivers, and his 89th pitch of the game is a 98-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball down the middle for a strike. So he looks sharp and wants to keep rolling. Next one is high, misses on a four-seamer, 95 miles an hour. One and one the count. Sox lead four to one. Bottom of the seventh inning. But I will not start feeling at ease until this game is over after you saw what the Angels did to us last night in the ninth. And you might see Colome at the end of the game here. It'll be interesting to see if after the Angels were all over him and it was like they knew what pitch was coming in the ninth inning. Will he come out the very next night? The rain has subsided as this one set out in the right center field on the run. Adam Engel covers ground. And gets there before Robert as they crisscross in the outfield. Engel makes the catch. A really nice defensive play in the gap. And there's one out. Mike Trout gets his third look at Dylan Cease. He's singled in the fourth inning. Dylan goes into the wind and the pitch on the way. A high slider loops over the top of the strike zone for a ball 1-0 the count. Indians won tonight. Twins lost. The pitch. Low misses on a slider, 2-0. The Orioles won at home against Toronto, 7-0. 
When you think about that Toronto offense, I'm surprised anytime they get shut out. The 2-0 pitch across on a four-seamer outside, 2-1. Trout swings at the next one, sends it out in the right field for a base hit. So there's a runner on with one out here in the bottom of the seventh. Last two balls have been well hit. Cease remains in against Tommy Lastello's 0 for 2. First pitch is a strike, four-seam fastball on the outside portion of the plate. Renteria trying to show a little confidence in his pitcher. Plus, he's used the pen a lot in the first two days. Giolito and Keuchel did not go deep. This one's sent out in the center field. Underneath it is Robert. It'll fall in right before he gets to it. So he has to take it on the one half. Trout thought he was going to get there too, so he just gets the second. Two hits here now, and there's runners on first and second with one out in the bottom of the seventh, and Justin Upton comes up. And they're going to go out there and talk to their pitcher, and I think they're going to pull him. Upton's been dead on and really, really good. And they're going to bring in Jace Fry. So Fry's going to come in, and if you're wondering why Fry comes in against Upton, there's one out, first of all, so there's a possibility he gets the next two batters. The next three batters, Upton and the two behind him, all do worse against lefties than righties. Dylan Cease comes off the mound. He's responsible for the runners that are on, but he's only given up one out through six and a third. He had a quality start, and Fry, 10 games into the season, has a 2-1 record over five and two-thirds innings and a 4.76 earned run average, 10 strikeouts to 4 walks, righties hitting 100 against him, lefties hitting 111 Sox try to use him in the latter part of the inning and Upton stands in and swings and misses at a cut fastball outside Upton's power numbers and his contact numbers go down against lefties even though he is a right handed hitter it's kind of an anomaly he does better against righties a low cut fastball misses 1-1 one and one. So Renteria turning it over to the bullpen now. That one's called a ball, and that was a terrible call. Folks, I get to see the strike zone, and the entire ball was inside the strike zone in the corner. And it was called a ball, 2-1, and one, on a bad call by the home plate umpire. No other way to put it. Lestella leads off a of first. Trout leads off a of second. Upton swings and misses at one inside. The count evens at two. Fry with the pitch. Crack to third, Mancata going to tag Trout, go to second for the force, and he's going to get La Stella. He tags Trout on the quick tag as he tries to avoid it and still gets it over to second in time. The double play after seven, four to one sacks. A really nice play by Yoan Mancata. Gets the ground ball, and he's right in the base path. And he doesn't have to get out of Trout's way because he's got the ball first. Now Trout has to run around him. But the momentum, he couldn't just get out of the way quick enough. He gets tagged. Might have been a ghost tag, and he gets over to second. Close enough for me. A two-seamer hits the outside corner of Jimenez, who's one for two with a three-run home run. As Bundy remains in the game and then throws a curveball outside, one and one the count. The announced attendance tonight, 43,698, as the skies are overcast, but the rain has ended. Just a wet field now as a changeup is fouled back, one and two the count. They've been dumping dirt in there in the middle innings. Trying to keep this field together to finish the game. And a four-seamer hits the outside corner, and Jimenez didn't even argue. He knew he got fooled. He just walked off angry. So one out in the top of the eighth, and Edwin Encarnacion comes up. The pitch on the way. Low and inside on a changeup, ball one. The 1-0 pitch. 
inside corner for Seymour. That goes for a strike as Aaron Bummer has joined Ciszek. And a 1-1 count with one out on the top of the eighth to Encarnacion. Sent out down the first baseline. If it stays fair, it's going to be gone. It just misses the pole. One and two on the long strike. Next pitch by Bundy is fouled straight back. Encarnacion is not giving in tonight. Very determined at the plate lately coming out of that slump. Leads the team in strikeouts, but has done a very good job this week avoiding a lot of them. I'm not saying he's perfect, but a 2-2 pitch on the way. And that one's outside on a slider, and he does not reach for a 3-2. and two. Starting to find his groove, starting to find his patience. I would like to see Luis Robert do that. He stands on deck, and he needs a lot of it. Having a rough time there, young man. But the rain has subsided. Clear your head, young man, and try to have a good at-bat no matter what. Encarnacion does strike out here. Should have known when I was talking about how he was cutting down the strikeouts he was going to strike out. As a curveball curves away, and he swings at something out of the zone that would have been ball four. He does that a lot. That's why he's batting sixth with all that power. Two outs. Robert takes a low four-seamer for a ball, 1-0 the count. He's 0 for 3. He's pretty much 0 for the week. Swings and misses at a changeup below the knees that would have been ball two, 1-1 one one the count. You would say sit him down, but they're already trying to do that in certain instances. And he's still having a rough time. Fly it out to right field, trailing back towards the wall, and it'll be caught at the track by Goodwin. Goodwin will lead it off in the bottom of the eighth for the Angels. Sox lead 4-1. Jace Fry's going to remain out against Goodwin because of the matchup to start off the inning. First pitch sent out into center field for a base hit, so one pitch in order to run around, and Ricky Renteria immediately regrets that decision. <laughs> it's Jace Fry. It's like every time we try to push Fry, like, oh, we'll, we'll use Fry. I'm sure he'll be fine. He can do it. Yeah, he doesn't do it. Steve Ciszek is going to come into the game now. He's got 11 games so far, 13 innings. He's 1-0. He's got a save under his belt in one opportunity. 15 strikeouts and 7 walks. Opposing hitters are hitting under 140 against him. That's both sides of the plate. Renteria gives him the ball with no outs in the bottom of the eighth and a run around on one pitch from Fry. And Castro steps in. Swung on and missed on a sinker. I think the plan would have been if Fry could have gotten the out, you might have even pushed your luck with Castro, who has a very difficult time with left-handed pitching. But so did Goodwin, and first pitch, he was all over it. 0-1 count on a swinging strike. The next one, inside slider taken, 1-1 one one the count. I'm sure Renteria told his relief pitcher, don't worry about that guy that uh, Fry put on. Even if he scores... We're still winning, so you take care of your inning. Not your guy. The next pitch on the way. Swung out and missed on a sinker tailing away. One and two the count. Ciszek looks very sharp right out of the gate. Sometimes it takes him a batter to get warmed out. He's looking sharp in that 1971 road jersey with the baby blues and the script writing that the White Sox are wearing tonight. Still has the high stirrups. And the sidearm pitcher from the waist delivers... A low pitch that rolls away, but not far enough from Grandal. Runner holds. Two and two, the count is even. The next pitch on the way. Low misses on a sinker. Count is full. Pujols on deck. Four to one White Sox. Runner on first. Bottom of the eighth. No outs. Foul back. 
Sacks dropped the first two games of this series. Have led this entire game since they took the lead. This one's hit down the line. It will go just foul. About four seats away from the pole. I think it would have been short, too, by Castro. 3-2. And he strikes him out on a slider looking. So Castro felt it. But the next pitch got frozen on one right down the middle. And he nods his head and tips his cap to the pitcher. Because he was outsmarted there. One out now on the strikeout in the bottom of the eighth inning. And Albert Pujols comes up 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Cease struck him out both times looking. And this first pitch is a slider low and outside for a strike that catches the zone. Each team has grounded into three double plays tonight. The White Sox have had double plays start from all three positions. Second, short, and third. The Angels have had all three of their double plays start from Rendon. Plus, he made another amazing play on a force out. He's had He's been a magician over there. He's been holding the White Sox down to only four runs. The 1-2 pitch to Pujols is swung on and missed on a slider. Low at the knees. He went over the top of it. Two quick strikeouts for the White Sox reliever. So he's got that runner still frozen on first with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. And up comes Simmons, one for three. Had a hit his last time up. And one diving away a slider from the zone. He lays off of it. 1-0 the count. He's hitting 316 so far in the season with 16 RBIs. Three home runs. He's got a runner with moderate to good speed who does not steal very well at first base. As an outside pitch misses, 2-0. Cishek likes to stay low in the zone. Sinkers and sliders. As he throws a sinker right there, low in the zone, just above the knees. He's 2-1, but every once in a while he comes up. That's what he did to Castro. With Pujols, he stayed down, and Pujols thought he was going to come up. He had been watching the bat in front of him. So he outsmarted the last two batters as they guessed wrong. This one's fouled back on a low inside sinker. 2-2 two two as he continues to pound low on either side of the plate. The next delivery comes up high and inside and misses. A 3-2 count again. When he comes in, he works the plate, and Grandal seems to enjoy calling the game for him. They work well together. The next pitch, inside just misses. Grandal looks back at the umpire. Ciszek shrugs. It was close. Puts his hands on his hips and circles the uh, mound. So now there's runners on first and second with two outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Fletcher comes up. Sox lead by three, four to one. You know how quick that can change. The Angels, they're like that movie Angels in the outfield right now. Everything they touch turns to gold. They have a high-strung manager in the bullpen who's up again with his arms folded at the top step. Get that guy a drink. I'm going to ship him some. Two outs, Bob the eighth. David Fletcher takes a sinker low. 1-0 the count. Angels fans jumped up like it was the most exciting thing they've ever seen. I mean, their fan base is showing up every night, selling out. And I'm going to tell you something right now. California baseball fans are aloof. They show up late for games, but they show up. That one misses low, too. 2-0 the count. Two outs, Bob in the eighth inning. Ciszek looks in, the pitch. Hits the outside corner, waist high, two and one, he came up on Fletcher. 
Fletcher's 0 for 3 with an average of about 260. You got to go after him. This one's fouled off down the third base line. Two and two the count because guess who's up next? Anthony Rendon, and you do not want the bases loaded with that guy. The next pitch. Charged out into right field. It falls in for a base hit. Runner's going to come around and score. It's 4-2. to two, And Rendon is going to come up. I keep calling him Rendon. I think it's Rendon. This is not Rendon. I'm not calling him Rendon. Stupid Southside accent. They're going to come out and talk with Steve Ciszek. The only run that's in is Jace Fry's run. But he's got two guys of his own out there, and it's 4-2. to two. Now, Rendon is much better against lefties than he is against righties, at least power-wise. He gets hits pretty much at the same pace. So as the, although Bummer is ready, you'd almost be feeding him to the Wolves at this point. So the question is, do you believe in your pitcher? And they are going to say that they believe in Steve Ciszek. 4-2, two, two outs, bottom of the eighth, two men on. First pitch misses just outside in the sinker, 1-0. And I'm starting to think our pitcher is getting squeezed and this huge crowd is influencing the umpire. Coming out of a rebuild, you got to start to learn how to win games like this. The next pitch. Charged out in the right center field. That ball is going to be caught on the run. Luis Robert with a big running play that looked like it was going to land at the track. Puts on the afterburners and shocks this crowd here in Southern California. Ciszek escapes, and we go to the top of the ninth. Adam Engel comes in. He's one for two. Bundy continues the pitch, takes a low four-seamer that he offers at, not, not very well. 0-1 the count. Next one's low, he takes that pitch, 1-1. One one. The ball out to Robert, it looked like Engel at first was the guy who was gonna have the best chance but it was tailing away from him. Robert never gave up and makes that play on the run at the track, runs into the wall. But at first he was in a trot watching Engel. And then it was like he noticed Engel couldn't get there and he went into another gear. I was preparing to tell you that drops in and we're in a tie game. And then Luis Robert showed the defensive skills and the speed and that he is a freak of nature. And once he figures out this game, he's going to be a freak in all aspects. As the count goes full against Adam Engel with Mendick on deck. Bundy continues the pitch for the Angels. As they don't go to the bullpen as often as you would think, they just keep using all these starters in long relief rolls. He misses in an outside four-seam fastball and walks Adam Engel. So the leadoff runner is on. Sox with a 4-2 lead are probably going to try to figure out how to scratch away and get another run. Mendick and Engel, you got to decide, are you going to steal? Are you going to bunt? What's the plan? The pitch on the way. Quick drag bunt attempt. He misses. Owen won the count. So it was like he was trying to bunt for a hit on the first one. And catch him off guard. He didn't drop the bunt until the last second, but he got a strike out of it. Next one, he squares early and lays down the sack bunt to second base. Only plays over to first. Mendick advances Engel to second. So there's one out here in the top of the ninth inning. And now Madden is bringing in a relief pitcher. Justin Anderson has three games under his belt, two and a third innings pitch with an 11.57 earned run average. Like I said, two and a third innings. 
But Madden's like, that's it. Change of pitchers. He was planning on it. He goes for a lefty against Tim Anderson. Getting Bundy out. Anderson's two for four with two singles, hitting 343. He's got a 938 OPS. And I'm sorry, that's a righty. He was holding the glove in the wrong hand while talking to Joe Madden on the mound, so I thought we had a lefty pitcher coming in. Then he puts it on the other hand. So Anderson's a righty, and he goes against Anderson, the right-handed hitter. Justin versus Tim. I'm rooting for Tim. 1-0 of the count after that first one misses. As Engel leads off of second in scoring position, a hit will score him. Next pitch, swung on and missed at a slider up at the letters. He swung underneath it, 1-1 the count. On deck is Yasmani Grandal, who will bat lefty likely. The switch hitting catcher. A four-seamer hits the outside corner. It was taken for a strike. One and two quickly to Tim Anderson. Big right-handed pitcher goes into the line, and Anderson fouls this one off, protecting on the inside corner. Count remains one and two. Quick look at Angle. Back to T.A., the pitch. Low and outside. Misses on a slider, two and two. Trying to get Anderson to chase. Next pitch outside on a slider. Three and two to count goes full. Again with Grandal and his eight home runs and team leading 22 RBIs standing on deck. The pitch. Swung on and missed at ball four. Anderson could not lay off a slider. It started off right down the middle and dipped low and away. He got fooled. There's two outs. And again, these Angels don't let base runners score very easily. The two-out pitch to Grandal hits the outside corner on a four-seamer. 0-1 the count. The pitch from Anderson swung on and fouled off. 0-2 pitch on the way. This one's fouled off as well. Angle moves. This one's fouled off as well. Adam Angle's been taking big leads as if he's starting to run early. He wants to score if it's hit. Next pitch inside taken for a ball, one and two. Rondal Hacken, he's one for three in this game. He hacks one time too many and swings over a slider in the zone. So the relief pitcher, Justin Anderson, comes in. He strikes out two. We go to the bottom of the ninth. The White Sox hold a 4-2 lead in Anaheim. Aaron Bummer is going to come in here in the bottom of the ninth inning. He has 11 games, 13 and two-thirds innings with a 1.32 earned run average, 18 strikeouts and three walks. Lefty's hitting 227, righty's hitting 148 against him. He's got the righty Trout here, who takes a cut fastball down the third base line, foul, and is quickly 0-1. Sox lead by two in the bottom of the ninth inning. Bummer trying to close it down. Trout fouls this one down the first base line, 0-2 the count. Colome is warming, but Renteria elects to go with the lefty after Colome was just eaten alive last night. And Bummer has been very effective so far against these Angels hitters. Swung on and missed. Trout goes for a sinker outside, and he sat down for a strikeout. So Bummer gets the first out. Let's be honest, he's probably the best pitcher we have. The fact that he's not a closer is surprising because I think eventually he will be one. In four pitches, he takes out the best player in baseball. And now gets LaStella, who's a left-handed hitter, and this is one of the reasons why he's in, because now he's going to get some lefties. And he throws an inside strike. 0-1 the count. 
Next guy up is Upton, who does not do as well against lefties. Remember, they brought in Fry against him last time, and he was effective. Sinker low misses, but it's swung on. 0-2 the count. So he threw that one way outside the zone, and Listello offered it as it was like leaving. You know, like it was in the glove. I think the umpire was about to call ball, and then he swung. Next pitch swung on and missed on a high-cut fastball. Three pitches, and now there's two outs. Aaron Bummer's like, I'm not getting swept here in Anaheim. Justin Upton comes up. He's got an 18-game hitting streak, hit a home run earlier. Two outs, nobody on. Five and a ninth, and the first one is low. 1-0 the count. Bummer needed seven pitches to get through the first two batters here. The four and the five hitters in Trout and Lastella. Next offering's a strike right down the middle. He is bringing the heat right now. The next one, quickly, foul back. He's going sinker, 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 and every once in a while throws something that's high and fast at you. And that cut fastball's coming at well as well. One-two pitch, foul back on the cut fastball, high and inside. That was his knockout pitch earlier. Bummer, trying to nail it down for the White Sox with a 4-2 lead, two outs in the bottom of the ninth, the pitch. High, cut fastball, misses, Upton lays off it. Two and two, the hottest hitter in baseball up there for the Angels right now, trying to extend this game. The pitch on the way. Chopped back to Bummer. He takes a breath, smiles, and tosses it over to Encarnacion. And the White Sox take game three of this series, four to two, on a rainy Saturday night in Anaheim, California. They beat the Angels and hand them their only their seventh loss of the season. The Angels drop to 20 and seven. The White Sox get up to 17 and 11 and gain a game on Minnesota. Poor Joe Mann is gonna have to go back and have himself a Valium or something to calm himself down. He always projects like the calmness, but in a game, he's so jumpy, isn't he? Sox get four runs on seven hits with an error. The Angels, two runs on seven hits, no errors. Dylan Cease goes six and a third. Gives up five hits and a walk, but strikes out seven and gives up only one earned run. He gets your win. The save goes to Aaron Bummer with a perfect ninth inning. Two strikeouts and a ground out back to him. Andrew Heaney takes a loss. Four innings pitched, six hits, three strikeouts, two walks, three earned runs. Aloy Jimenez, one for three with a big three-run bomb. Mancada, one for four with a run scored. Danny Mendick scored a run as well. Adam Engel, one for two with two walks. It was a... Again, very difficult game to find anything good in the offense with the exception of the long ball. White Sox strand a ton of runners, but find a way behind a very sharp Dylan Cease, who over his last four games has now had three really good starts. And he and Reynaldo Lopez are making a case to stay in this rotation as we talked to Joe Binder earlier from Sox on 35th. And I think Gio Gonzalez better start catching up to these youngsters or he's in trouble. Joe Binder is going to join us tomorrow for the finale of this four-game set before the White Sox get a day off and two in Colorado. So enjoy your Sunday with us tomorrow. Another White Sox simulated game will be coming right at you ever since opening day we've been doing them and having a lot of fun. And we see people sharing it with friends and the numbers going up and up and up. And we're, we're just humbled by this entire thing. And thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. My thanks to our great sponsor, Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. There's a link directly to them in the show notes, depending on which app that you're using. 
you might be able to just click on it right in the show notes for this this podcast. Otherwise, go to cork and carry at the park.com. Same thing for family waterproofing solutions. We've started to put the, the link right inside of the show notes. So you can just click on it right there and go and check out those folks as well. They've been helping us out a lot. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay well. Put a mask on. It's not going to kill you. I can't wait to see like all the different styles of masks that we're going to be wearing for the next six months to a year till they get a vaccine for this thing. So keep it light. Enjoy your weekend. Hug your kids. Say hi to your neighbors, but from six feet. Go outside. Get some fresh air. And tomorrow, enjoy another White Sox simulated game. Brought to you by the podcast for fans, by fans. It's Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found. And always, it's SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.